When you think about plane accidents, they're uncommon in aviation. Though you and I both can name at least 10 aviation crashes throughout the decades, it is still a lessened chance that one would be involved in a plane accident, let alone a plane going missing when compared to the thousands of flights that depart each day. Over the years, America has seen its share of plane collisions, incidents, and even planes going missing. But they are a rarity. It's not every day a plane just vanishes. The Malaysia Airlines aircraft is the first that comes to mind. Just some background, the Malaysia Airlines flight MH370 was a scheduled passenger flight that disappeared on Saturday, March 8, 2014, when flying from Kuala Lumpur International Airport in Malaysia to Beijing Capital International Airport in China. The aircraft involved was a Boeing 777-200ER, carrying 239 people on board, including passengers and crew. The flight was never fully recovered. The disappearance of Flight 370 in 2014 remains one of the greatest mysteries in aviation history, and despite extensive search efforts, the main wreckage of the aircraft has not been located. In 2015, there was debris found along the shores of Indian Ocean and the eastern coast of Africa. This finding provides some confirmation that the aircraft crashed at some point. However, the main wreckage of the circumstances of the crash has never been conclusively determined. With Flight 370, we have an idea of what happened, but what happened on the morning of Sunday, December 6, 1992, is vastly different from the single-engine Piper Archer aircraft that 29-year-old Alan Stewart, 31-year-old Amy Haxton Stewart, 31-year-old Kevin Clark, and 29-year-old Nancy Branch boarded the late morning, early afternoon in Santa Barbara, California. We know people don't just vanish. They don't disappear. We know planes don't just disappear. But something happened just over 30 years ago that has been an unexplainable bizarre mystery that leaves us with questions and uncertainties. Or you may find that the answers are right there. This is the Missing Found Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Harlow. Before we get into the case, I have a few details to share about the show. The Missing Found is an investigative true crime podcast focusing mainly on unsolved missing person cases in the Black community. The cases that I cover have either gone cold, have little to no media coverage, or have gone without conclusion. You can follow the show on Instagram at The Missing Found or on Medium at The Missing Found to read our original script. I also would like to mention that we have a case suggestion form in the show notes or description box that you can complete to submit your case suggestions that are of the Black and Missing. We now have a Patreon that's available for you to become a member in our private community to discuss cases deeper beyond our case analyses through private discussions with me, ad-free episodes, gain complimentary access to our original script, early releases, and much more that's exclusive for members only. The show is now available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. For Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a five-star rating to help the show reach a broader audience to help find our missing. To access all things of The Missing Found, you can visit our website, themissingfound.com. I ask that you please like, share, and subscribe and comment to share your thoughts on this case. This is case episode 19. 
the disappearance of Nancy Branch. So who was Nancy Branch? Nancy Elizabeth Branch was born on Monday, February 25th, 1963 in California. Now there aren't many public details on her family, nor any intricate details on her private life. We do know that Nancy was well-educated because at age 21, she graduated from Stafford University in 1984 with a degree in psychology. After graduating, she started working at Advanced Micro Devices in Sunnyvale, California. It's not clear exactly what her role was at AMD, but the company is an electronic manufacturer. While working at AMD, she met her fiancé, Kevin Clark. The couple was active and shared common hobby interests in racquetball, diving, and traveling. From what I've gathered, and it has not been mentioned in any of the scarce media coverage and articles, but I believe she resided in San Jose, California, a 25-minute drive from the Palo Alto airport that Nancy, her fiancé, and friends were supposed to disembark. Unfortunately, that never happened. The case details. Nancy, along with her fiancé, Kevin Clark, and their two newlywed friends, Amy and Alan Stewart, were taking a quick weekend getaway in Santa Barbara. The plane ride is only one hour and 15 minutes from Palo Alto to Santa Barbara, so it was a close and short vacation that was not too far from home. It's unclear exactly what activities both couples partook in while on their quick getaway, but they wanted to get back to Palo Alto so one of the couples can purchase a Christmas tree, and assumingly because they had work the next day. After they boarded the plane, there was initial communication from the pilot, but then it stopped eight to 10 minutes into the trip after takeoff. There was a tip that led the search and rescue operation to the Big Basin area and a few other locations in California, but nothing ever materialized, with no sign of the aircraft nor its occupants. This is where it goes dark for 31 years. The case breakdown. Our occupants. The occupants on the aircraft were Nancy Branch, Kevin Clark, Amy Haxton Stewart, and Alan Stewart. At the time of the trip, Amy and Alan were only six weeks wedded. They made plans to take their honeymoon in South Africa in January 1993. Nancy and Kevin had just got engaged. There were several new beginnings on this trip, but it ended in a bizarre mystery that is still carrying on today. The pilot. The details on the pilot are scarce. In addition to the three passengers, the pilot is also missing. As of right now, in research, we don't know what the pilot's name is or anything relating to him or her. Shortly, you will find that the pilot is not so much a mystery and not too far off. The weather. I checked the weather archives for December 6, 1992 in Santa Barbara and it was supposed to reach a high of 57 degrees Fahrenheit. According to Weather Underground, around the time of takeoff, it was 54 degrees, and the condition was cloudy and windy. The wind speed was 21 miles per hour, which is still relatively safe to fly. Wind speed at 21 miles per hour can be described as a breeze, and does not affect life or property, making it safe to fly, even a small aircraft. Authorities have mentioned that the weather was described as treacherous, 
on the morning of their departure to Palo Alto. This does not quite match what was shown on weather archives for that day, 31 years ago. Now, I cannot confirm if there is a discrepancy in what the authorities have communicated or if the weather archives have a discrepancy. Even as the day went on, the wind speed lessened. At around 11.40 a.m., the wind speed was 21 miles per hour. At around noon, just 20 minutes later, the wind speed decreased to 15 miles per hour. This makes this claim of the weather being treacherous questionable. Authorities claim that the pilot and passengers were warned to not fly because the weather was going to get worse, but they all decided against it and took the flight anyway. That is when after 8 to 10 minutes into the flight, all communication ceased. There was said to be no communication from the pilot to say that they were approaching danger or was experiencing complications. Either they crashed or something else. The unfound details. Firstly, I think it's odd how the pilot's details have not been shared much in media. Maybe back in 1992 for local coverage, but nowhere I'm finding it in print except in one source. Now here's something interesting. I came across a 2021 post on social media from the missing aircraft search team. They posted a write-up on the case and the post stated that Kevin Clark, Nancy's fiance, actually held his pilot license and he and Alan, which was Amy's husband, were both from the United Kingdom. That's not quite the interesting part. Where I'm going with this is, it is highly likely that Kevin may have been the pilot of the aircraft. I come to that conclusion because nowhere does it state that there were five occupants on the flight, only four. When I think about it, what would be the reason to conceal the identity of the pilot? I wholeheartedly believe the person who was flying the plane was Kevin Clark, Nancy's fiance. In an excerpt from the Facebook post, it also states, quote, pilot Kevin John Clark with 260 flight hours, end quote, and quote, relatives of the missing pilot were flown in from England by Oracle Corp on December 12th and were working through the British Consulate General in Los Angeles to raise awareness about the missing plane, end quote. This lets me know that Kevin most likely was a pilot and he was from the UK. So it would make sense that the quote missing pilot would have had relatives flown in from England. I think that settles the mystery of who the pilot was. I saw a few articles that did not have this finding. Now, why haven't those details been shared mainstream? It's just something to think about. This is information that you have to kind of dig for. Not even the main outlets have mentioned this finding. I've also seen comments where commentators want to know why did they want to fly private? Well, if Kevin was able to fly the plane, why not? I have no reason to believe there is something there regarding their means of transportation. It could be that Kevin was, or is a pilot, the ride would have been significantly shorter than driving, seeing the scenery from above and the experience. I don't think it's odd that they've flown in that manner. Because there is a high probability that Kevin flown the plane, he had only 260 flight hours, which is not a lot in aviation, but more than enough for a small private aircraft. I'm unsure what to take from this. Some could blame it on him not having much experience. I want to delve in a little deeper on this element. 
Nancy's fiance and pilot, Kevin, did not file a flight plan. A flight plan is usually a written statement by the pilot of the details of the intended flight usually filed with an authority. This document was never presented or provided. I want to also add that a flight plan would not have been mandatory for this flight. This is an element that may not mean much since it wasn't a requirement, but it is something to remember. The aircraft departed around 12.04 p.m. and communication was lost around 12.14 p.m. So that's between 8 to 10 minutes after the flight took off. I want to mention that because they lost connection, it does not mean that they crashed or something happened. Keep in mind that this was 92, so GPS was vastly different than what it is today. A day late in search efforts. Out of all of the mystique surrounding this case, and we really haven't gotten into the bulk of it yet, the missing four were not reported missing until they didn't show up for work the next day, on Monday, December 7. This is what prompted the search that started on Tuesday, December 8. There was a search base established to check the route. Another interesting mention is that the post stated that the search base had also checked the two routes that Kevin usually took. This lets me know that this is not Kevin's first flight. The routes that were searched were one being along the coastal area from Santa Barbara North to Santa Maria, San Luis Obispo, and Monterey to Palo Alto. The other route was from Monterey over to Salinas Valley and north to San Jose. Nothing ever materialized. No remnants of the aircraft and no trace of Nancy, Kevin, Amy, nor Alan. On the same day, December 8th, the employers of the missing couples leased an aircraft based at Santa Maria that was equipped with infrared technology to support the search effort. The leased aircraft began flying sorties on Wednesday, December 9th, focusing its efforts on the areas surrounding Santa Barbara, Gaviota, and Point Conception. The aircraft did detect an object floating near the surface of the ocean offshore from Halama Beach, south of Vandenberg Air Force Base. This finding was investigated, but they could not locate the object. A water search was initiated on Thursday, December 10th, but the Santa Barbara dive team could not locate the object either. Just hours later, an unknown substance was washed ashore on Halama Beach. It's not clear what the substance was. On December 11th, there was wreckage spotted in the vicinity of Bakersfield in Kearns County, but this wreckage was never confirmed to be associated with Nancy and the missing three. The next day, with the air and ground search still in strong effect, in the vicinity of the Big Sur, a rugged and mountainous section of the central coast of California, a group of hikers that were on the Pines Ridge Trail had reported hearing what they assumed was an aircraft crash. The area was searched and nothing ever materialized. According to the missing aircraft search team, on December 18th, 12 days after the group went missing, it states that the family, which I'm unsure whose family it was, but the family made an appeal for anyone with information to come forward. The appeal was for anyone with information, but they were specifically targeting anyone who was on Hollister Ranch and Halama Beach since those who were on the beach claimed to have seen a low-flying aircraft. Officials concluded that based on the time frame and the route, they would have crashed somewhere along the coast. Aside from the hikers reporting of the assumed crash they heard, there was one other lead of a crash site in the Big Bend State Park near Santa Cruz. Again, 
nothing ever materialized, and if it did, it was never confirmed nor verified. Before the crash with the missing four, there was another aircraft that went missing on April 3rd, 1992. After weeks of air, land, and water search that covered five coastal counties and was said to have involved over 50 CAP aircraft and 874 personnel, over 100,000 square miles of ocean and land area searched. Several search officials had believed the missing aircraft crashed into the ocean. The massive search was suspended on December 20th after all leads were exhausted. The Death Certificate If you think the aforementioned is interesting, wait until you hear this. If you were to perform a search on pilot Kevin Clark, Amy Haxton Stewart, Alan Stewart, and Nancy Branch, you would come to a dead end on coverage, a missing person flyer, a missing person listing, and no photos. The only person that has limited coverage in a photo is Nancy. I find it odd that out of all four occupants, only one is spotlighted out of the group. Typically, when a person goes missing and there are several people that are missing with them, you can usually link to their missing person details from that one missing person's page. Not in this case. While I was researching about the missing four, I noticed that Amy has a death record of December 1992, while Nancy is still considered missing. I can only assume that Amy was legally declared deceased after five years, and her death on record is December 1992, the time the aircraft went missing, and the date she and the others may have died, if they did in fact crash. I say if because nothing ever came to the surface, figuratively and literally. In the state of California, a person is presumed deceased if they have been missing for five or more years. This could be what happened here with Amy. As for Nancy, it still shows her as not being deceased in her age of 60 this year in 2023. My opinion. The details are scarce on this case. We know that. Which is an oddity because this is an assumed plane crash. With not much evidence to support that. And you would think there would be more details about it and there just isn't. We have to consider that this missing flight happened a little over three decades ago. From what I've gathered, there did seem to be ample coverage, locally, and an air, land, and water search to find Nancy and the missing three. To me, it seems like all leads have been exhausted. This was a small aircraft. If it did crash, it would have ended up in pieces, of course. The question is, why has nothing ever materialized of this assumed crash? If the plane did not crash, then where the hell is it? Sure, it could have crashed into the ocean, but again, nothing ever surfaced that was confirmed to be from the flight. The ocean is deep. Because they would have crashed on December 6th, they were reported missing on December 7th, and the search started on December 8th. That would have offered 48 hours of sinkage. When they were reported missing, I wonder what was put into the report. How did they know they were missing? I know they didn't show up for work, which would have been odd for that all four were not present, but what drove them to being reported missing? One of the couples had to be in contact with someone to let them know that when they get back home, they will purchase a Christmas tree. This type of detail had to be communicated to someone. It had to be whomever they were last in contact with. 
you know, probably discussing plans for the rest of their Sunday once they disembark. I've come across theories of all sorts where the government performs some experience on them and possible extraterrestrial involvement. With one being the most interesting about the theory of the Pan Am Flight 914. Just some key details about the theory. It was said that the plane vanished in 1955, then resurfaced around 30 years later. It was coming from New York and was supposed to land in Miami, but it never happened and the plane had gone off record for three decades. Until one day when the captain, Captain Charles G. Taylor, had radioed air traffic control sometime 30 years later for the landing instructions to Miami International because they had navigation issues. The captain, the first office, and the passengers arrived back and did not age, but were missing for 30 years. It's as if time didn't happen. Now this is fiction, so they say. But it is an interesting mention. It was said what happened to the flight and the occupants is that they entered into another dimension. It's interesting. Now, I love all things space and the planets, not horoscope, but the vastness and mystique of outer space. But this was an interesting theory. Sounds familiar? Well, Netflix created a series called Manifest that has a similar storyline that was inspired by this fictional story. Aside from conspiracies, I don't know what could have happened to the aircraft and Nancy and the missing three. Either they crashed or something else. What that something else is, I'm unsure. It has even crossed my mind about who the people were that Nancy was with. Like who they truly were or are. There are no details on the internet about them. Only Nancy. Even the details with Nancy are heavily scarce. We don't know much about her job role at AMD to know if that was connected. It was said that all four of them were popular employees in Silicon Valley, and their employers posted a substantial reward for their recovery. There is no mystery there, it's just the details. Because Kevin was the pilot, I wonder what his background was and how was the relationship between him and Nancy. He was from the UK. Again, we don't know much about either of them, except they were said to have loved diving, racquetball, and traveling. I have questions, and I know you do too. Why is there little to no information on the other occupants? What are the more intricate details on the occupants? Why hasn't the wreckage from the aircraft been found? Were there issues within the 8 to 10 minutes after takeoff? I know that there's a possibility that the aircraft could be in the water, but typically there is something found. There has been nothing. No updates, no bodies, no recovery, no evidence, and no trace. We know an aircraft doesn't just vanish, or could it? There has to be some answers for this three-decade-long mystery that is seemingly kept quiet or just forgotten. With the case so cold that only the very passengers and pilot, consisting of newlyweds and soon-to-be newlyweds, and God knows what happened on December 6, 1992. As of today, Nancy's case is still being carried as a missing person, while the others may have filed their loved one as deceased. I do wonder why they believe Nancy is still considered missing, 
Is there more to the story that they know or believe? It's something to think about. Or could it be that they just choose not to update the status of Nancy's case? The aircraft was registered to Gary E. Abel of Milpitas, California, operated by West Valley Flying Club in Palo Alto. The registration was abandoned on November 17, 1994, and lists the missing plane as destroyed. What can you do in a case like this when everyone that was on the flight are missing? What can you do when you have no evidence of a crash? What do you believe? Do you accept it as what may have happened without physical evidence? Or could there be something else there that is beyond what we know? At this point, if they did crash, what happened? What caused the crash? If they didn't crash, where are they? It's been three decades, but this is a case that I won't ever forget. And I don't want you to forget it either. Until people start talking, bringing this up in media again, this case will remain open, unsolved, and bizarrely cold. At the time of Nancy's disappearance, she was 29 years old, stood at 5'3", and weighed 120 pounds. Nancy is a female, African-American, has brown eyes and brown hair. She has both ears pierced. Nancy is considered missing, injured, or lost, but her fiancé, Kevin Clark, and friends Amy and Alan Stewart does not have any details outside of what has been communicated under Nancy Branch. Amy shows a death record of December 1992, the month and the year they all disappeared. It is unclear what their status is. Nancy would be 60 today, in 2023. If you have any information or leads in the disappearance of Nancy Branch, her current whereabouts, or any information concerning Nancy or any of the missing four, it should be directed to the Menlo Park Police Department at 662 621 8151. I want to thank you for your viewership of Nancy's case. I'm sure her family is still awaiting answers. We know people don't just vanish. There has to be answers to this 30-year, three-decade-long mystery. Whether she and the other occupants were involved in a crash or something else happened, we need answers, and we need people to start talking about this case. Hopefully, we don't have to go another decade without knowing. As always, please be safe, be vigilant, and always be aware of your surroundings. May God bless and keep you all. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Joshua 1.8